I saw a pale horse and a pale rider upon it, and the name of the horse was Pestilence, and the name of the rider was Death. Pandemics and plagues of all sorts have always been the companion of mankind. The Black Death in the 1300s is possibly best known. Between 1347 and 1351, this devastating plague killed off between 30 and 60% of Europe's population. In all, it's estimated that between 75 and 200 million people died. Another deadly pandemic was the infamous Spanish flu that infected some 500 million people between 1918 and 1920. We don't know how many it killed. Some say 17 million, some say 50 million, and some claim that it might have been as many as 100 million people. You see, that's the thing about pandemics. You can never be sure. You can't be sure of how many that are infected or killed, and you can't be sure of when a new plague or pandemic will arrive. That's scary, of course, and one great way to fight fear is to tell stories. Fighting fear with facts and fiction. And through the centuries there have been many stories about plagues and pandemics in novels, plays, poems, games and movies. In general, movies about pandemics tend to fall into three categories. The kind that deliver a dramatic description of how an outbreak spreads. The kind that use the spread of the disease more as a metaphor. Think zombies and aliens. And those that take place in the wake of the catastrophe. So which are the best or strangest or weirdest movies about pandemics and plagues? Let's find out. We live in the age of the dreaded coronavirus, but the yellow brick road is still here. And today it leads to plagues and pandemics. I'm Nils Lagren and this is Yellow Brick Road, our friendly little podcast about visual effects, games and movies. We're recording this episode in a Stockholm that doesn't really feel like the Stockholm we used to know. Uh, the coronavirus is spreading across the world and here in Stockholm we're of course affected just like all of you out there. Uh, we don't know how all of this will end. These are uncertain, strange times, but that doesn't mean that we can't continue to try to live our lives as normal as possible and to continue to produce this podcast, for example. And it feels only natural that the topic of today's podcast will be movies about pandemics. And here to help me revisit some of all these films that have been made about plagues and other evil sicknesses are two of the greatest film buffs of Goodbye Kansas, Harrison Ryder and Matilda Olsson. We just, <laughs> just high-fived each other. <laughs> great to have you back, guys. It's great to be back. Yeah, be love back. and life. First, first of all, how, how do you feel? Um... Like oh, mentally? <laughs> mentally, yeah. No. I assume that, that you're not infected, I hope. <laughs> no, but no. This is a very small <laughs> it's like just area that we're case. doing the pandemic. Uh, yeah, anyway. No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm more than fine. Yeah, yeah me too. Great. Yeah. So let's start. First of all, what, what defines a great plague or a pandemic movie? I would say like sense of urgency, mm-hmm. the unknown, people running, toilet paper not being in stock, that type of stuff. <laughs> Mm. You know, like, um, oh, when someone's worst self comes out. You yes. know what I mean? Like, when, yeah. when someone's absolute 
that is the worst version of themselves that, that comes out. That is the thing that every one of these movies has in common, right? That people are kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. People are shitty <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. But this is like shittier Extra versions shitty, of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the three of us have prepared lists, uh, three films each, and possibly some honorable mentions of movies about plagues and pandemics. And since I'm the host, I'll go first. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> and you know me, this means film history. I, I try to dig into it, and I don't know for sure when the first pandemic or plague movie was made, but it just might have been a German silent film called The Plague of Florence, or Die Pest in Florence, from 1919. Uh, it was directed by Otto Rippert, and written by none other than Fritz Lang. Oh, none other. <laughs> yeah, Fritz Lang, who made Metropolis. Oh, oh okay, yeah. that's none other. Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. That's fair enough. Uh, and the story is loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death, and it's set in 14th century Florence, and that was an area that was especially badly hit by the plague in the 1300s. Uh, in fact, so many people died there that it took over 400 years for the population to recover to previous levels. Wow. They went back on track until the 1800s. Imagine that. And that's Florence, Italy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Italy. Oh my exactly, God. that's Italy. Do you see the pattern here? Yeah. <laughs> don't want to go there, sorry. And, and Edgar Allan Poe's short story is about a decadent, ignorant nobleman who throws lavish parties and tries to hide from the plague, but is caught up by it and dies. And in this film, in Fritz Lang's spin of the story, uh, it's about the arrival of a rich, beautiful girl that turns the city upside down since she's so beautiful. And the church naturally wants to practice some inquisition on her, thinks that she's a witch or something, and others fall madly in love with her. And the situation escalates into chaos filled with violence, lust and sex. Until another woman arrives in the city. And she's not just a woman, she is in fact the plague and so everyone dies mm. uh, I haven't seen it I've only seen parts of it on I YouTube that. I love it. but I oh. want to see it <laughs> it sounds amazing I'm the host of this podcast but I haven't seen the film I'm speaking of <laughs> but I've read about it you know and parts of it uh, can be seen on YouTube so if you're into silent film drama then, mm. then uh, it's nice I like when uh, the plague is like symbolized by a character someone Arriving. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I think yeah. my list is pretty much, it's not literal at no. all, really. It's definitely like uh, human beings usually end up being the plague. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, zombies, yes. obviously. Sure. <laughs> it's literal. It's very literal. Yeah. But, but enough of, of ancient film history. Uh, Harrison, what pandemic and plague films do you have on your list? Ooh, um, I have a few. Um I looking I'm looking at like when mine were released compared to yours at Ubisoft. <laughs> My original list, they were all from two thousand and eight. Which is really strange. Bizarre. I don't That's know weird. why what I'm Well I was nineteen. Yeah. Maybe I was just really identifying with uh with these uh, that, that time, I guess. Yeah. But um uh okay, so the first on my list of three or four uh is a fantastic film uh based on a short story uh from Stephen King, called mm -hmm. The Mist. Ah. Uh, and it is not your typical pandemic film, just because it basically it deals with like a, a void is opened up uh, due to like a science experiment up in the hills. Mm -hmm. uh, the hills was in quotations for people <laughs> listening to the podcast. Um, but basically they open up a portal and otherworldly creatures come in 
uh, and with it, this gigantic mist that shrouds the whole world. Um, and it focuses on uh, like a select group of characters in a supermarket. And that spoke to me because, it, like I said earlier, uh, it brings out the worst in humanity in such a focused way. Um, the film literally splits the group into a mob against like a small group of heroes that, uh, you know, eventually make it out. And, well, you know, spoilers, it's a movie that's 12 years old. No, 18, wait, 2007. What are we now, 2020? 13 years <laughs> 13 ago. 13 years ago. <laughs> Math. <laughs> Where'd you go to school for math? <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, this film, um, uh, spoiler heavy for the, everything that you're about to hear, basically. Absolutely. Uh, but it, it really focuses on um, just the shittiness of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that's brought up is like from like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like a Bible toting lady uh, played by Marcia Gay Harden. Oh my God, I hate her so Yeah, much. she was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she leads like the group against the heroes, and uh, it's I just very thought religious heavy. it's very religious yeah. heavy. And then there's this amazing, um, there's this amazing line. Uh, there's like a father and a son basically, and and she uh, she screams. We want the boy. We want the boy. You get back. The father, like we want the boy. It's just so <laughs> epic. Like you want to sacrifice a child to your crazy alien deity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I've gone off topic slightly, but it's uh, it spoke to me because, it, yeah, it really just brought out the worst in humanity in such a small space. As does pandemics. Yeah. yeah. But but it also, in some cases, means that, that it brings out the best in people. Um, sure. That <laughs> but is, not in this case. Yeah, not in this case. I mean, the, people try to be heroes, but it doesn't go too well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's a nice kind of like, it's not your obvious like, contagion or no and i think what i like about that movie mm. is that it's so contained and it's not like this like what's happening all over the world no, it's, it's more okay. like in this supermarket and this these type like this small group of people yeah and the differences between everyone i think um, and it kind of symbolizes the entire like world in that case yeah, exactly but it's just like a confined area rupaul once yeah. said like this is a microcosm of life I said that in the la- in the last podcast <laughs> as well. But so much. RuPaul says it's a microcosm of life, and you can put that to any group setting. And so we're putting it to a supermarket and a horror film. It's a yeah. microcosm of life. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Matilda, your your first film. Uh, so I'm gonna go for the more supernatural kind of themed pandemic movies, mm. obviously because it's me. Mm. Uh, so I'm starting with Twelve Monkeys. Cool. Which, oh, yeah. which is not cool. maybe obvious choice of pandemics, but there is a virus. Exactly. So that's the whole theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like it because it's insane. I and also Terry Gilliam. It's very beautiful. <laughs> I haven't like, seen it. <gasps> oh my God, Harrison. No, Go it it's got Brad Pitt in it, right? Yes. I don't like it. No, like but he is like, this is, I think his like best role yeah, ever. Okay. He's amazing in this one. Uh, he's absolutely crazy. And it's just bonkers. Uh, bonkers. Yeah. Torture experiment. We're all monkeys. They hurt you. Not as bad as what they're doing to the Easter Bunny. Uh, so it's, uh, I don't know how I'm going to start describe this for you that doesn't know what it's about. But mm-hmm. so it's Bruce Willis. Uh, he's in the future. It's the year 2035, I think. It's not mentioned in the movie, but mm. all everything around it says that it's 
2035. And they have to send him back to find out why this like virus spread all over the world、mm. and made people live underground. Five billion people died in 1996 and 1997. Almost the entire population of the world. Only about one percent of us survived. Are you going to save us, Mr. Cole? How can I save you? This already happened. I can't save you. Nobody can.、Okay. And, and killed most、them. of the people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How did it、um, kill them? What type of deaths? Bubbles on the face, like what? what you don't you really、mean? see the the death. Just death in general. Death in general. Okay.、Yeah. Um, and then it's like animals that live on the earth, and and the humans are below.、Mm. Uh, so he gets sent back. He was supposed to be sent back to 1996 to find out what happened because the, the outbreak was 97, and that's when the film was released.、Right? But it was like、uh, 95, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's coming. <laughs> But he was accidentally sent back to 1990 and end up in an asylum、mm. with crazy Brad Pitt. Oh, okay.、Yeah. And there's all it's Terry Gilliam, so it's all kinds of crazy、mm. in it, and it jumps back and forth a lot, and it's a lot of stuff that really aren't explained, and it's it's very good because it's it's a lot. It feels like you're in Bruce Willis' head yeah, or、sure. James, as his name is in the movie, where he actually becomes a bit crazy from all the time travel, which isn't that often portrayed in movies, which、yeah. I like. <clears throat> Uh, so he kind of doesn't know what's real and what's in the past and the future and now and like that kind of thing.、Mm. It's very good.、Um, Did they make a TV show? I feel like they、yes. made a TV show. Yes, recently. Yeah, yeah I no. haven't seen the TV show yet. No, but I I don't know. I haven't heard great things. I think it got cancelled. Yeah, I think so too. Well, but the movie is <laughs> <laughs> the movie is really good. Um, and it's kind of about everything around. A pandemic and、mm. the virus spread, yeah, and not really about the actual、sure. spreading, which is. And also, I mean, Bruce Willis's character is like, and we as viewers think that we know. Also, that's why how the virus started, but then it turns、yeah. out to be. Plot twist. Yeah. Hey, where? Can't、uh, can't say anything <laughs>、no、more、spoiler. about that. Maybe the human race deserves to be wiped out. Wiping out the human race. Great idea. It's no, pretty awesome. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, then it's your fault. <laughs> no, but、um, and I think that's one that I really, really love. So it's、mm. kind of also when you don't want to see pandemic movies that are too real, <laughs> like too in your face. A bit more sci-fi. That we're living right now. This、mm. is a good option.、Like、contagion. Yeah, exactly. That is like right on the nose. What, Everyone's <laughs> watching、happening. it. I know, but it's like just watch life.、That's、yeah, the same thing. They, I read that the stars of Contagion are now like tweeting out, "Wash your hands, people," because they know <laughs> that people are going to Google the fact that they were in Contagion. So it's like a good way to spread.、Oh、Again,、God. spread was in quotations.、Yeah. Spread it. I'm kind of guessing here that Contagion is not among. It's、the not films on your list. No, God, because we don't go for the obvious choice. Never、no. at, at Yellow Brick Road do we go for the obvious choice. No,、uh, except for the fact that I always go for old、oh, and strange films.、Oh, yeah. <laughs> and my next film、uh, is also kind of old, and it's actually almost the same story as this pest in Florence. But this is also a film based on the Edgar Allan Poe story, the Mask of Red Death. But it's Roger Corman's classic version from from 1964.、Yeah. Can you look around this world and believe in the goodness of a God who rules it? Famine, pestilence, war, disease, and death—they rule this world. Ah,、uh, it's very beautiful. 
visually really striking. It's, it's shot in, in color by Nicholas Rogue, who later would become a very good director with films like Don't Look Now. Have you seen oh, that one? Donald Sutherland roaming around in Venice. I just know the ending. Uh, and they have <laughs> sex in that film. Uh, who do? Uh, Donald Sutherland Daniel and, and Julie Christie. Oh yeah, Julie Christie, oh, yeah. of course. He has like an iconic red coat and something about it. Yeah, dwarf. the red coat is really scary. It's a drowned, the <laughs> daughter's drowned. <laughs> okay, I'm sidelining it. Uh, and he also directed The Man Who Fell to Earth with yes. David Bowie. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. But in uh, The Mask of Red Death, he was a cinematographer. And it's really beautiful, and especially uh, in this palace that, that is ignorant nobleman portrayed by the wonderful Vincent Price. Mm. Uh, he's having these lavish parties, and each one of these rooms have a separate color, and everything is in that color. So, so it's like one blue room, one purple, green, orange, white, and violet, and then a black room at the end. Mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, this whole thing about the different rooms, visually, for me, it felt a bit like another old film. <laughs> Peter Greenway's classic, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover from 1989. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. I haven't. It's a visually amazing film as well because it's set in a restaurant and everything in the restaurant, I think, is red. Mm. And when the characters go into another room, it's white and then suddenly their clothes are white as well. Everything's white okay. in that room. So it's a bit like that in this film as well but is it good well uh, <laughs> I've seen it and I love Vincent Price uh, I mean I could just sit down and watch paint dry if he was reading names from the telephone book at the same time but but the mask of the red death for me is a bit like sitting watching paint dry is that long yeah, no it's like a normal feature film it's I mean it's beautiful to watch and it's wonderful and Vincent Price is great but but it's still Drying paint, yeah. if you say. So, but but please judge for yourself out there. The entire film is available on YouTube, so you can watch it there. But but maybe you can uh, find like a recap or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but well, the story is. I mean, it's a short story that, yeah. that Edgar Allan Poe wrote. So so it's not that. And yes, he dies at the end, and the plague comes. <laughs> Spoiler, and, uh, man. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but but I see it because it's beautiful and it's uh, an historic classic film. But but watch it uh, a decent restored version because if you want to watch paint dry, you should always do it in high definition yeah <laughs> 4k okay Thanks. so harrison you're next yeah it's me again oh my list okay i'm gonna go with i'm gonna jump a bit so my my next one is a bit zombie mm -hmm. it's a fantastic film uh, from canada in 2008 called pontypool so, did you end up watching it? No, I couldn't find it anywhere. Silly girl. But I'm like, I watched everything about it, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, so every trailer, every... every it's, it's, uh, it's very cool, because like what we're doing now, we're recording a podcast, mm. uh, it's set in a radio station, and it only takes place in the radio station. And it's about a uh, radio broadcaster who is going through the nightly news just by himself. It's in the middle of a snowstorm. And he's got his producer there, and there's like an intern as well. And he starts to get reports from the outside world that there's some sort of pandemic happening mm -hmm. and he can only describe as he's hearing it. But as the film goes along, yeah, sure, there's zombie-like people running around outside and, and the intern gets affected and that's the only time you see a zombie, I, I think. Please don't quote me on that one, though. <laughs> but the best thing about the film is that the pandemic is spread through the use of specific words. So if you say the wrong word, you get infected. And if the word is, like, kill, for example, this is a, I'm quoting the film, you start to say it over and over again until it takes over your mind. And then... It's just so it's so fantastic the way so you that they say it 
to You need to say it, it in a sentence and then it, you sort of realise that you've said it and then you can't stop saying it and then it, your brain just completely turns into a zombie. Um, so he starts to, they start to realise that. such a good story. Yeah, it's such a good story. He starts to realise that and his his producer kind of starts to show symptoms and so they have to flip the words on their head and make it so that the word means something different to the person saying it. So like kill is actually kiss and then it, it's so amazing, <laughs> honestly, like you really, yeah, I need to if you it. have not seen I'm it, so excited for this one. the world, podcast world, <laughs> you people in Brazil, we, we know that you're listening, okay. watch this film. Sid, Sid, ah, well, Sidney, I, I think you got an infected word. You're infected. Uh, but we know the word. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. We know the word. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And also, who's handling the distribution of this film? Also, please put it on any kind of streaming service. Yeah. Uh, Matilda couldn't find it anywhere. I've seen it maybe. Oh, cute dog outside. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Distracted. Um, I've seen it many times. Uh, it's uh, Bruce McDonald, 2008, Canada. Mm. Nice film. Have to see that one. Yeah, let's yeah. see it. Oh, okay. So the obvious choice for me, mm. 28 Days Later. Oh, of course. Mm. 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 So good. Dan Boyle. <laughs> and, oh my God. Yeah. Also, though, 28 Weeks Later. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So both, yeah. Uh, for me, is a typical pandemic movie. And for those who haven't seen it. Yeah. So 28 Days Later, it's... Uh... Thomas Shelby wakes up <laughs> in a hospital. Who's Thomas Shelby? <laughs> Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh right. I was like, it's Killian Murphy, <laughs> fool. Yeah, what are you like, on what? about? <laughs> His name is Jim in mm. the film. Yeah. And he's naked <laughs> he, at the start. Oh, you yeah. may see his penis. Close set. Was it? Yeah, oh, it was a close You researched. Yes, I did. <laughs> Weirdly enough. No, but uh, so he wakes up in the hospital alone and then goes out into London and everyone is gone. Mm. And it's uh, it's very the same type of opening as The Walking Dead. So this is also something that I researched because uh, they came out. So the first issue of Walking Dead came out around the same time as this movie came out. Oh, no. So they, it's just a coincidence. Is it really? Yeah. Because people just would just think the show would have copied the I know. Film. But since it's a comic book from the start, yeah. he wrote the first issue before this movie was shot. When was it? But not 2001? released. Yeah, 2001. And 2002, no, 2002 it was released. Okay. So one, they were shooting. So the Walking Dead issue came out like two months before the movie came out. Or okay. So it's like... It's a pure coincidence. Yeah, pure coincidence, which is amazing. Mm. But yeah, so he comes out in London and there's no one there. And then he slowly finds out that there's these infected people mm. with the rage virus. Because mm. he was in a coma. Exactly. Wasn't he? It's about yeah. rage. He's been in a coma for 20... So it's not yeah. like your, your classic <laughs> zombie <laughs> movie. It is like a disease Yeah. that, that makes... Yeah, exactly. Rage. Yeah, you can see that in the it's like the so opening violent. scene. Uh, there's these monkeys that mm. animal activists are releasing, mm. and they are inv infected with this rage virus. Mm. The chimps are infected. They're highly contagious. They've been given an inhibitor. Infected with what? In order to cure, you must first understand. Infected with what? Rage. There's in always monkeys lab. involved. I know. Because they're so close to humans. So when they yeah. t yeah. test the trials, they can replicate the same similar. Yeah. So 
Catherine Avery. I guess. Virus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't actually know if that's true. I just. <laughs> it's the same. I mean, outbreak it. with Dustin yeah. Hoffman. That, that, that's also a, a monkey. Yeah. I promise we wouldn't talk about outbreak. Yeah, but we have to mention the obvious ones as yeah. well. <laughs> Let's leave outbreak. And it's monkeys and tall monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> all the monkeys. monkeys in that and one. And also so many. Planet of the Apes. Also kind of a apocalyptic. Yeah, sure. Apocalyptic. I, I remember from 28 Days Later those iconic scenes when he's walking around the streets. Yeah. Mm. Uh, how were those scenes okay, so shot? What was that like early in the morning? Or they are, yeah. yeah, exactly. Trivia moment. Uh, so they shot them. They actually closed down the highways at 4 a.m. Mm. Uh, but they all could only do it for like a couple of hours in the morning. Even that's a long uh, time. Yeah. I know, but and they got like for the main, like the bridge scene, mm. they closed that one for I think three hours. Mm. They got one minute of footage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But the funny thing <laughs> thing about this is they deal with so many angry like people in cars driving. Mm. Um, so they sent out like a bunch of attractive women to convince them to wait for the. Oh, like <laughs> they literally like. And one of them so was bad. actually Danny Boyle's daughter. Oh no! I know it's so weird. It's prostituting your own child. I know. <laughs> so I uh, sorry, Danny Boyle, if you were listening. Also, that was awful. <laughs> That's how they dealt with that one. Wow, but yeah. I mean, twenty-eight. Like you talked about twenty-eight days later, but yeah. twenty-eight weeks later. Yeah. For, in my opinion, has the rare distinction of being a film that is actually for me better than the first film I know that people are going to be like what are you doing yeah because I don't agree no I know you don't agree but that opening scene with Robert Carlyle running from the house that's so good and then getting into the boat and then the zombie gets chewed up by the boat to the music yeah it's so so good starts off that film in such a visceral way yeah that you think wow they've just one upped the violence from the last movie so much excitement I remember seeing it in the cinema and just being like, I think my friend in New Zealand I saw it with, and she leaned over and she was like, this is so much more violent. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like all over the place in the second one. But, uh, and the also eye like, gouging. The eye gouging scene? I know. Okay, so the eye... Yeah, that scene I think is weird. Why have they done that in the second movie as well? Why is that specific to like the virus thing? He does it in one scene. That Jim does it in mm. one scene mm. in the first one where he's like not infected. But he still does the eye. To the soldiers. Yeah, to exactly. One of the soldiers. He's pushing in the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Someone. And then they use it again in the second one. But then it's the infected that use it. So it's a bit weird. Yeah. I think. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't really make sense because they're basically all raging on someone, biting them or whatever. Yeah. So the eye thing is very specific. Yeah, true. Maybe, so, I mean, from a filmmaking point of view, they probably thought, like, that was really popular in the yeah, first film. We, we should do it again. Probably. But, like, it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the first one because it's so... Okay, for one, I hate the crooked angles of the camera. Mm. Like, oh my God. Because you're like a control freak and you really like everything perfect. exactly. My OCD is (laughs) like all over the place. You just can't watch it. (laughs) No, it's like every every shot has like a crooked camera angle, which is super annoying. But besides that, I like the greediness and the the raw, like grainy kind Mm. of... Mm. And also because it's shot on digital, mm. so it has that super shitty kind of low budget movie. It feel. does. It does look like that. 
but it kind of it was intentional to get that kind of like that's what it feels when you're in the apocalypse. Well, yeah, it was a realistic. Like, yeah, if shot you should feel film. like everything is like much less nice. Yeah. <laughs> in mm, that mm. kind of world. And the uh, and also documentarian kind of feel to it. Yeah, exactly. that's that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, and the they also actually I read that. Uh, They've said that this was like a creative like decision to shot it digitally mm. to get this look. But then I read that uh, actually they had to do it digitally because they hadn't uh, enough time to set up the cameras for all the empty street shots. Oh, okay. So if they do it on 35 millimeters, then it's going to take too much time to set up. And that's why they shot it digital, mm. apparently. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact. I know. And that score as well. I It's so oh, good. It's super good. John so, so good. Murphy, I think, is his I think name. So. I think that's the composer. So. It's like, yeah. I think he did Sunshine as well, which is another Danny Boyle film. Mm. And yeah. Oh my God, it's just epic. Like sometimes when I go running, which is like hardly ever, I yeah. play it to like get me going, yeah. you know. Yeah, you feel like awesome. you're running from zombies? Yeah, zombies. Yeah. Running, Do you know that app, Zombie Run? No, I don't. You can listen to like, uh, you can have like Zombie Run in that's your That's disgusting. Ears. Yeah, while you're running, and then you run, you you get these scenarios when you listen. Mm. Like you're in, There's like two zombies behind you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> both up, both. They are near you now. Yeah, they basically are, and you run. hear the sign, sound of them coming at you. I would you. hate that. That's and awful. You're like, you're, yeah, I know. <laughs> I listen Apps, to that man. sometimes. I have problems. So, okay. so, so why are, are these two films so good? Is, is it because they, they feel real, uh, or is for, it because? I think for the first one, days later. Uh, I think it's uh, the rawness of the like waking up in that kind of post-apple world mm. where you don't know what's going on. Mm. And it's kind of also, it's not on a huge scale either because it's those some, this small group of people trying mm. to survive and like they can't find any other people. And it's not, you don't get that kind of global feel and like World War Z or whatever. Mm. That mm. is like too much, but it's much this is very, yeah. Life. And I think for 28 weeks later, uh, it's interesting because they kind of deal with the fact what happens afterwards mm. when, you, when you're kind of getting back to society. Do you start up again in the same area? What mm. happens then? How do you start up in the same area where, where there's been an outbreak mm. already? Will we ever see a film called 28 Months Later? They've been working on it for yeah, a, a while. Like, it's yeah. it's been, always been talked about but apparently with that title. They're like, yeah, yeah, legitimate. But it is Danny Boyle and Alex Garland yeah. who's working on it together. <sighs> Alex Garland can do no wrong, honestly. <laughs> that man. It would be so good if they would do a new one. I know. Yeah. And we, that would... At least two people would go see it. Oh, yes. oh my God, yes. <laughs> High five. Absolutely. <laughs> and that would obviously be 28 months yeah. later. Yeah, can't really do 28 yeah. years later. Well, later than you can. Or it's <laughs> That's what they're waiting for. Oh my god! Marketing, marketing, the genius. Yeah. We're just gonna wait a couple of years. <laughs> Twenty-eight years to be exact. Okay, so, so we talked about the plague and zombie viruses and kind of zombie viruses that is inflicted by words. Mm. Uh, so let me introduce to you, you to cholera. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. An old classic disease. Yeah. <laughs> In an old, n- not so classic <laughs> film. I give you £1,000 if you uh, have seen this film. A I film called Pacific Liner from 1939. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> wow, no. I would be so surprised if you would say yes. Uh, I hadn't heard about it uh, when I just researched a bit. Uh, and then I stumbled upon it. So you watched, watched it? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, 
<laughs> and it's a, it's a low budget thing. It's not about pandemic. It's about uh, cholera, a cholera outbreak on a cruise ship bound for San Francisco. I love that city. Uh, it's it's so a good. Chinese stowaway who sneaks on board and he dies from Asiatic cholera. And then uh, it's causing an outbreak and it spreads among the working men down in the boiler room of the ship. And the doctor uh, on the ship obviously wants to like to try to cure them and uh, please we, we must have some kind of quarantine and then it's the boiler room boss who's like ah it's just a disease i don't care <laughs> and he forces them to continue to work and meanwhile a few decks above uh, the rich people are just partying on and they don't know about this fight that's what a happening fantastic it sounds <laughs> so good yeah it sounds good uh, <laughs> but but just like other films in this genre for example this outbreak <laughs> it's of course this conflict between two men with different ideas so this doctor wants the quarantine and this tough boiler room boss and if you compare with outbreak i would say that the doctor in this film played by a guy called chester morris he's the dustin hoffman of this film but yes it's a low budget film uh, but but if you're into poverty row black and white movies from the 30s with actors that you never heard of uh, then watch it specific <laughs> niche yeah it is it's not amazing but but it is uh, very relevant relevant yeah it is but because it's about the dynamics and about, and also of course the panic uh, that starts to spread down there and spoiler alert it ends happily Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. so that's okay. cool. There's not much we can do about Asiatic cholera. Cholera? Yes, I think so. I'll have to keep your men under observation. I love how all of your films, you're admitting that they're not great. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, it was kind of shit. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not shitty. It's not but shitty? But it's different. But it can it's still different. be bad, okay. and you still want to watch it, though. Yeah. Like, if it's something that's interesting, like an interesting topic, to yeah. see, you can still watch it, even if it's shitty. Mm-hmm. And you need to watch bad films as well to be able to compare with the good ones. I have watched Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants two many times, and that is a terrible film. <laughs> two as well? No. Only two. Oh, only two? Yeah, only two. Oh my god! I don't think I've seen the first one. What? Yeah, no, it's How great. Anyway, sidebar, okay. sidebar. <laughs> Goodness! Wow. No, I've seen <laughs> the next one. I've first one, one is actually good. Uh, oh, my next one. Okay, so I have a bit of an agenda. Because I'm I'm like super gay, so I love to push like LGBTQI plus mm-hmm. films onto people. Uh, so this was a made-for-TV HBO film from 2014, uh, directed by Ryan Murphy, called The Normal Heart. Uh, I wanted to focus on it because it's all about the early days of the AIDS epidemic, uh-huh. um, and I thought similar stuff is happening right now with people not wanting to touch each other. Mm. Uh, They're putting certain demographics, certain nationalities into boxes. Mm. And I thought it's kind of similar to what happened back there. I wasn't alive then, but, you know, what I've been educated myself on and seen. So it's Mm. kind of similar. Uh, So The Normal Heart is basically, um, (laughs) I'll be a bit more lighthearted about this, but basically it's based on a play written by... I didn't write down his name. Written by someone. Uh, and basically, it, it just details uh, a group of, of gay men in the uh, early 80s who one of them basically gets AIDS and then it spreads, or HIV, sorry, and then it spreads uh, throughout the community. Mm. Uh, and then you've got um, a doctor who had the polio virus. Uh, mm-hmm. Virus? Is it a virus? Polio. I don't know. Disease? Actually. Disease? Yeah, polio disease. 
Anyway, um, she she's in a wheelchair, played by Julia Roberts, mm. um, and she's trying to battle this disease, um, and she's trying to fight for the gay community because they can't really fight for themselves because no one cares about them mm. and no one cares if they die. And so while it's a literal battle against a disease, it's also a figurative battle against the mayor of New York or or the, the society that's not letting them uh, get be heard, basically, because they're just trying to ignore them and many, many, many people are dying. And I vowed I'd never say anything like that in public. How does it always happen that all of the idiots are always on your team? How can you refuse to fund my research or not invite me to participate in yours? Um, so if you'd liken it to what's happening at the moment, uh, actually, I've got no comparison. You don't want to do that. No, I don't want, I don't want to go political. Uh, but basically... Um, but please do. Well, I don't I mean, know. The, I just the, think the like... HIV, that was a pandemic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, and mm. extremely deadly. Yeah. If you, I mean, it still is. Yeah, it's, it is. But, yeah. but now it's more like contained. Yeah. But, but then in the 80s, it was... Uh, just awful. Horrible. No, exactly. Um, I just think that um, uh, things that you view on the news and, and things that people say about Chinese people, mm. because this has come from China, mm. uh, you know, and I just think that you can have a bit of a heart, I guess, and you just because you see someone that is from that region of the world, you don't need to, you know, avoid them for any other reason than you would anybody else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know, like, gay men in the 80s, people didn't want to go near them. They didn't want to touch them. And I just think that's shitty. And no one should be made to be felt that way, made yeah. to be, you know, feel that way. There are ma many great films and TV series made about that. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia. Tom Hanks, uh, Angels of America. Oh, I'm rewatching it at the moment really with my good. husband. Really good husband. Yes, you heard that. <laughs> uh, and my God, is it good, Brad? If you're listening to this, please continue episode three. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, the normal heart, Ryan Murphy, uh, really good, uh, solid portrayal of of an epidemic, but seen through the eyes of a community that uh, ignored, basically. Mm. Yeah, watch it, Matilda. The, yeah, watch I it, Nils. Promise, I will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Will. That's a very good one. Good. Yeah. And you, Matilda? Well, mm, I kind of have some like bonuses. I, I have obviously it's like outbreaking crazies and that kind of. God, thing. I love the crazies. I know, it's, it's so good. <laughs> uh, but then the like other stuff that we haven't thought about maybe is like if you're more into games, then The Last of Us obviously. It's something that you could play. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually talked to my dad yesterday. And yeah, hi, dad. Uh, and he, Hopefully he on the came phone, up. Not face to face. Oh, yeah. No, no, on the phone. Yeah, good, yeah, good girl. Yeah. And he reminded me of another kind of pandemic one or like more virus related, which is a, a bit a bonus one. Mission Impossible. What? I know. Oh, yeah. The, the, the second the one. Yeah. The virus. The worst. The worst of all the films. Yeah. Well, uh, Yon Vu. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, the cool. Second one. That's yeah. good. That's fun. That's another it's, virus it's one. Before they know? started to be funnier with Sam and Peg and stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. So exactly. it's, it's so like a bit too serious. The first three-ish. Yeah, you think? I, I, I don't like that one. I kind of like have it. To admit. I think I actually like it. But I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid and I haven't seen it for a while. So I don't know now. Mm. But it was a good like off one that's not like in your face uh, contagion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good suggestion. But oh, neither no. of you have mentioned uh, Children of Men. Well, I know. But I was going to, but yeah. I don't really like it as a film. So it's hard to talk about something that you're not passionate about. Like, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, Alfonso Cuaron, or however, mm. I, I apologize yeah, to anyone that, yeah, was offended by that. But I don't know, like when I watched it, I, I think it was overhyped for me. Like I saw the trailer, Sigurros is in the trailer, mm. beautiful, mm. you know, it's, it's fantastic. But then the film came out and it kind of just like happened and then it ended and I was like, oh yeah. I like it because of the, the portrayal of, of a world that step by step loses. I mean, no one has any hope left because yeah. no mm. new children are born. Mm. So everyone is dying and, and how society just falls apart. Mm. Mm. Uh, I like that. But then, then I think it's kind of silly with a kind of happy ending. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... Because there was something about a boat, right? Yeah. And like exactly. a mist or yeah. something. Mm. But there's this, from a cinematographer kind of point of view, there's one amazing scene with, without any cuts. It's like one continuous shot that goes stuff. on forever and ever and ever. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like yeah, amazing. It's um, anything with a with a single with a single take. Yeah, like and they just push, they push mm. it further mm. and further. Alfonso Cuarón, though, my God, if Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban wasn't a masterpiece of a film. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. So good. <laughs> Sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think about the, when, um, for all of these pandemic movies, mm. like happy ending or sad ending? Realistic ending. Yeah. I think. If they yeah, realism is overrated. Why does it have to be a realistic ending? <sighs> I'm sick of like, well, okay, so let's put it out there. You end a film with the world ending. Humanity dies, mm. one person survives, they have to, or two people survive, Adam and Eve, mm. whatever, and they start procreating. Or flip it, you survive to see the end of the virus and then the world rebuilds anyway. Mm. So, or everyone dies. Yeah. When do you see a film that everyone dies? You haven't really, have you? No, but it, it's implied very often. Like what? Like 28 weeks later. True. Yeah. I thought on your own brig, yeah. Swedish comedy film. <laughs> That's a good one. Everyone does. No, but I think like I'm a very I'm a sucker for happy endings in yeah. general. But for pandemic movies, I f- I feel it's better if they end on like a oh well they're all gonna die anyway. Like mm. it they're all screwed. Like it's just it feels more like it keeps to the tone of the movie. It's mm-hmm. weird to do like a an apocalyptic movie where there's this big pandemic or mm. like all over the world and, it gets and it's like yeah and then like oh yeah we lived in a cottage out in the country forever mm. and oh, everyone a quiet place. Is, uh, yeah yeah and everyone is happy but yeah so it well, feels more like um but but what kind of pandemics movies haven't been made yet you think well, what would you like to well, see Oh. COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> will there be many films about COVID-19? Probably. You think? Yeah, I think Netflix yeah. will make a, t- a TV show about it. Yeah. I think they're probably already making it. Yeah, probably. In some probably. sort of warehouse somewhere. I would like to Distancing see the... Distancing the actors apart. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see, not that I'm hoping this ha- is happening for reals, but <laughs> but it would be interesting to see if this like completely destroys the world and then you go into like a, a, like a kind of, of post-Apple movie where they go back and look at like, look at how stupid people were back then oh. when it started and okay. they do like they use everything that we have now and then like that. I know, they can send it. Bruce Willis back. That would be amazing. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Thirteen monkeys. Yeah, I what? saw. I saw the most amazing Corona meme about this. Like, so if you pronounce meme. <laughs> oh yeah, it's meme. Oh my god, sorry. Meme. Yeah, thanks, Harrison. Uh, if they made a movie about the coronavirus and it's like uh, Chopper lands on a uh, field, like a cornfield, mm. steps up to the house, Mark Wahlberg opens, 
And the guy says, you're the only one that can save the world from Corona. And Mark answers, I'm not into that life anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an amazing movie? That would be an amazing movie. <laughs> it's actually really funny that you say that. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's a, he's a gem. He's such a gem. <laughs> he is. What a man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so, so to sum it up, you don't have to pick one film, but, but you have to pick one specific type of pandemic movie. Which one is the best kind of pandemic movie? Well, for me, like I'm such a huge horror buff. Mm. So not zombies, because I know Matilda's going to say zombies. <laughs> but for me, like anything that's pandemic horror, that's not zombies, because I feel like that's a genre, that specific subgenre is like overdone. Mm. But anything that's everything else, mm. what that is, I don't know. Good. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Yeah. yeah. And you, Matilda? Zombies? Yeah, obviously zombies. <laughs> yeah. But no, but I, I kind of, the theme for me is basically the post-apocalyptic ones where it's like it already happened. Mm. And how do you survive in a world mm. where half of the people are infected or dead or like, and there's some people left and how do they mm. survive in like an <gasps> empty world? That's kind of my favorite. I have a question thing. for the table. Mm. If, if you're permitting me to do so. <laughs> Can we go around and answer how we would survive in a post-apocalyptic world? <laughs> what archetype we would be? Like, yeah. you know how you yeah. ask, like, how would you survive in, like, a slasher movie? Wow. Yeah. Okay, Matilda, go. Oh, my God, why am I first? Uh, I would probably survive on, like, how I would handle the people around me. I would probably oh, yeah. be, like, the... The EP of the... <laughs> of the virus world yeah. <laughs> like handling the people in the group i think mm -hmm. because it's not like i can shoot or i can run like, or run very fast or i have no medical skills mm. but i think i could probably manage people well mm -hmm. yeah and also i know what to take in the grocery store that's good <laughs> yeah like yeah. what's gonna last yeah exactly yeah not yeah. toilet paper yeah exactly <laughs> spoiler <laughs> So also, sorry, yeah. one thing. I'm a, I would be the best looter ever. Oh, would you? Would you <laughs> yeah, have like the scarf so. around your face? No, like a bag finding with nails all of the it. good stuff. Like if you, if someone drops a weapon, a dream, you pick it up. It? Like if so, if you find like a can of beans, you pick it up. Like these are it's like a common thing. It's Resident in Evil. All of, You're just describing Resident no, Evil. No, but in again. all of these movies where it's like the the worst at picking up good stuff. Yeah. And saving them for later. Yeah. Yeah. Bread goes <laughs> moldy quickly yes that's true um okay well there's there's the answer that is realistic and there's the answer i would hope for mm. i guess so my hopeful answer would be i'd be like a really manipulative manipulative <laughs> like manipulative badass who like goes from group to group and survives and is like the last survivor of the group and you know makes it through to the end and whatever the end is um and just, just like true. really cool but then uh the other side of it is i'll probably eat some berries and die <laughs> Like, I'll probably eat the wrong type of fucking berries and die. Or fish. <laughs> or fish. I'm allergic to fish. Someone's going to give me fish to kill me because I'm so annoying. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what happens, for sure. That's probably being Matilda. No, no, I'll die from an asthma. Yeah, yep. I would probably be, I would like to be the one that sacrifices himself yes. for his family. Yes. And so like, that is yeah. so you. But in reality, I would probably be the one who tries to do a podcast in the middle of the outbreak and then gets infected and dies. Which is uh, not going to be happening right now. We don't know. Let's hope not. The future will tell. Uh, many thanks for coming and take care of yourself. Uh, you out there, 
thanks for listening. As usual, uh, mail us if you have suggestions and stuff. And stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing. And let's keep our elderly friends safe. We will prevail. And we end this episode with some comforting words from Whoopi Goldberg in Star Trek The Next Generation. This isn't the end. You say that with remarkable assuredness. With experience. When the Borg destroyed my world, my people were scattered throughout the universe. We survived. As will humanity survive. As long as there's a handful of you to keep the spirit alive, you will prevail. Until next time, goodbye, a bientôt, a wiederhören, wie hoch. Det är produced by Peter Blomstrand. No batteries are included.